This is Edge Cases. I'm Andrew Pontius. And I'm Wolf French. And our topic this week is Xcode 5. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So, pretty topical. Very topical. Um, yes. But not tropical. Not, not tropical. Well, Unless I mean, if you it's... might be going in a direction I'm not, <laughs> not, wouldn't foresee. It could be. Well, no, probably not. Probably. I don't know if there's too much that's, that's tropical about it. But it is a topic, so aren't all topics by definition topical? <laughs> there we go. There you go. All right. So follow up. We have some follow up about our last episode. Wolf, yeah. do you want to? Yeah. So um, the I want to go on record as I'm very disappointed in our listenership <laughs> because this is. I think this this is. I mean, we're always always. Uh, can't believe we, you know, always feel badly about every episode we record. But this one we felt... Every like single it, one. Every single one. But this one we felt immediately badly afterwards. To the point where we joked about this, we recorded the entire thing. Because we... You joked. I was not going to do that. <laughs> you were the one who brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> you panicked me. But, um, <clears throat> yes, we uh, had some blatant error that apparently none of our listenership called us out on. Um, and the shame. Yeah, you know, and you know, this is this is I'm I'm going to take responsibility for this because I I did I did I like spent like a, a solid day and a half researching all because like I said arm I didn't really know the deep history of it I wanted to get into it so yeah you know I I put in the time but I didn't put in time in this one thing which apparently just kind of blew over the head of our listeners and that uh, the thumb two instruction set architecture that I talked about. Um, and we, I was confused in terms of like, well, when the code gen actually kicks in for that type of stuff. And it struck me as kind of, because I knew that, I, well, again, I actually haven't even researched this, but I believe you had to engage a special compiler switch in order to have Xcode generate thumb one because of the really poor full floating point performance you'd end up having. But apparently, uh, thumb two has subtly floating point performance. And it's uh, apparently the instruction set architecture that's generated by default by Xcode when targeting uh, modern iPhone apps. So I, I know that, I think it was the iPhone 3GS was the first one that could support the, the Thumb 2 instruction set architecture. And I think I said on the show to you when you asked me about it, I think I said, oh, I think you have to flip a compiler switch to generate that. But that's <laughs> right. the, it's not the case. That's what's generating all the bloody time. It's, it's the default. Yeah. Um, and there's even, I have a Stack Overflow thing, which is... Uh, is there a way to compile for ARM rather than Thumb in Xcode 4? That makes it sound like they actually had Thumb as being the default, even when it was Thumb 1. Whoa. But then they told you, well, you might want to switch it over to doing something else if if you have a lot of floating point stuff. Oh, um, okay. So is even the default 3 Thumb 1? Uh, I mean, wow. The answer is from 2011. I, you know, I'm not sure. I didn't, you know, again, neither one of us knew this. There is like a dash M, no thumb, no, under, no uh, dash thumb. Mm-hmm. Flag that you can set and under C, other C flags. Mm-hmm. Um, that's for again, yeah. I'd have to look at the exact flag um, in in the current version of Xcode. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a default. And all those discussions that people have been having on other podcasts, as far as I'm aware, when they were comparing the the benefits of of ARM32 versus ARM64, we're basically comparing Thumb versus ARM64. Mm. Uh, and, and that made sense. Like again, it was confusing to me that people were saying, "Oh, there's so many advantages from ARM32 to ARM64," because I was like, "Well, they're both these risk instruction sets, and they're both mm-hmm. you know the same, you know, same size instructions and everything and everything, and everything." But in fact, you know, they're not. You're basically comparing a, a kind of a, a Cisky kind yeah. of thing against risk. On the other hand, the reason they did 
some too was because, and there's actually a little uh, little blurb in the Stack Overflow page from the iOS app development workflow guide, where it says, uh, "Xcode uses some instructions by default because using them typically reduces code size by about thirty five percent relative to ARM." Mm-hmm. Well, that was true then. That's presumably still true now. So it would be interesting for me to hear someone who really knows about this stuff to be able to say why now you can afford that cost of the 35%, you know, blow up. It might even be worse than that, but with the 64 bits, well, but 64 the, bitness. Uh, it, it might be, but the instructions, I, I believe you said the instructions were are 32 bit for both. Right. That, that, that's true. That's true. Yeah. But still like, why, why is it better now? And nobody's really, you know, and again, I haven't delved into the, the really technical documentation, but of the people who are talking about this and trying to explain it to us, no one seems to have been given giving me a, a, a good reason for that. I'm sure there is a reason. Apple would not have done this if it weren't. You know, they're very, very strict about performance these days. Right. But I still don't know. So I'm curious about it. I'm kind of curious that many of our listeners didn't be like, oh, my God, you got this. You know, how could you get that wrong? <laughs> but, okay. It's cool. So if anybody does know, you know, feel free to write us, write us in. Um, if you don't know, don't write us in about it because then you won't be telling us. What we want to know. Yeah. Anyway, um, so does that cover it for you? Uh, yeah, I have some other follow up, but I need to dig up a little bit more detail on that, so I don't feed our listeners with more inf- misinformation. <laughs> well, that's apparently our job. But yeah, okay. <laughs> um, okay. So Xcode five, um, yeah. and so it was actually kind of interesting that I was wondering about topics during our hiatus, um, and and then they you know they released Xcode five GM during the hiatus. So I was like, Ooh, I get to talk about Xcode five now. And as usual, I will preface this by saying it's still interesting to me that so few people write blog posts anymore, at least that I've right. found about new stuff in Xcode. I just don't, I don't see it. So I'm going to try to fill that gap a little bit. Um, and I'm going to be using as my guide, as my sort of, uh, outline, the what's new in Xcode document from mm-hmm. Xcode itself. And you can get to that through the top level help menu. And then there's a, just an item right there. What's new in Xcode. And it's actually a, a quite detailed, well-written document. Um, I know that as an old-timer, I'm not used to having <laughs> detailed uh, documentation from Apple, but uh, but they've been doing a really good job since uh, iOS came around, or at least a, a much better job, shall we say. Um, and so their first uh, uh, entry in that document is about user experience improvements. And if you look at Xcode 5 versus Xcode 4, uh, what I would say is that the general theme appears to be everything is tinier. Mm-hmm. Now, in Xcode 4, and Xcode 4 was a, was a great big uh, uh, UI rewrite from Xcode 3, and, and everything had these big readable buttons with lots of gradients and rounded rectangles, and uh, to me, it felt a lot like iTunes. Right. Uh, at the time, of course, iTunes has gone through a makeover since then as well. Um, and when you looked at the buttons, now, not all of the buttons, but most of the buttons, when you had sort of an on status, and there are a lot of buttons which were kind of switches, mm-hmm. so you had buttons that were on to tell you you're in this mode. Mm-hmm. Those on buttons uh, were shown with dark grays, mostly. Mm-hmm. And now in Xcode 5, well, everything is smaller. The text is smaller. There are no borders around any of the buttons. Mm-hmm. So everything kind of feels more angular. Mm-hmm. And the on status is mostly shown, again, actually almost entirely shown now, well, maybe even entirely, with a blue highlight. Right. So you get the exact same button with just now it's blue. And it's mm-hmm. kind of darkish blue. Yeah. So it looks less like a real button. And it's and it's harder to see the state changes against sort of the medium gray of the title bar. I think, I think it's much harder to see those things, especially if you've got um, a fairly big monitor 
that now it's really tiny type and it's and it, there's there's fewer cues to tell you what's going on. Mm-hmm. Now it's interesting that you know they even say in the document that you know they're trying to conserve space, they're trying to make things make it so that you have more space for your content. And this is especially important in an all-in-one window design because all that Chrome is going to be there all the time. Mm-hmm. And this design appears to strongly favor small screen laptops. Right. And so that's, you know, uh, under other circumstances, I would be like, woo, you know, it's great. Uh, personally, I don't have a small screen laptop anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure I've, I've ever really had one. I was using a, a MacBook Air for a while. But by optimizing it for the smaller screens, they're now really making it, I think, harder for people with larger displays. So, you know, I guess you can't win. And, right. and I, I give them kudos for, for trying. It also feels very iOS 7-like, really. And we'll be coming back to that, to that yeah. idea later. And it's kind of weird because I'm running it on Mountain Lion. Mm-hmm. And I don't run Mavericks yet. Um, but my impression is Mavericks is also not really trying to be iOS 7-like. Right, right. So it's really, it's kind of, they're going in this weird UI direction that no one else is going in. You know, hey guys, you're not iOS, you know? You're still mm-hmm. Mac OS 10. So it's it's interesting, it's a little weird. I uh, I mean, it's consistent, but personally, I don't, I don't really like it. Um, and it's, you know, in any case, it's less skeuomorphic in the same, you know, again, taking its cues from, from iOS. Uh, one interesting example of this simplification is in the comparison view. In Xcode 4, when you showed a comparison view, there was this strip along the bottom, and it was mostly empty. But it had these buttons on the right-hand side that let you change the mode of the comparison view. And in the comparison by comparison, I mean uh, SEM. So there was comparison mode, blame mode, or log mode, right? Mm-hmm. And it always looked a little odd, because it, you know, it was this big strip that mostly empty. But at least those buttons were, were right there. They were easily discovered and, you know, easy to use. And they're gone in Xcode 5. Did yeah. you notice this? You know, I, only as you were talking about it, <laughs> I brought up the, the West New Xcode and I opened up a project I'm working on. And I was just kind of like just hovering over the icons as you're talking about the dark blue and like considering what you're saying. And I saw the <laughs> pop-up appear. I would not have noticed it. Oh, except I just, spoiler. Because I don't usually hover over buttons. Yeah. But, well, that's no, the- I only was right here. That's that's the thing, right? So that was going to be my big reveal. Thanks, Wolf. Oh, sorry. Was that you know what they did was they 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 crammed it into the button itself. Um, so I mean, what happened with me was that I, when I, I hadn't discovered that yet, so I had I kept going to the to the main menu bar to go find it, and I you know and those buttons don't have even though they're in the main menu bar, excuse me, the main menu like a sub menu somewhere, they don't have keystroke shortcuts. So it was really kind of annoying to go up to the menu and navigate to it and get to it. And I'm like, damn, you know, I really wish these things were still available. And of course they are. Yes, you have to hover over the comparison button in the in the nav bar, in the title bar. And and then a little disclosure button appears. You can't, not disclosure button, a disclosure triangle. Right. And you can't click on that triangle. That triangle is not clickable. But you have to click on the button and then something comes down. Oh wow! I didn't notice the triangle was not clickable. The, <laughs> yeah, right. the, when so, it's invisible, you can't. Or even yeah, when it's visible, right. you can't you have click to, it. Yeah. Right. So it's not discoverable, and that's the thing. Like again, it's this. It's it's a, a further example of this uh, this philosophy, which is less evident in Xcode five, but of course still there, where you know things have to look simpler. So you can't have that little disclosure triangle sitting there all the time because that would be a visual distraction. But since it isn't there. You don't, it's very it's it's very undiscoverable to figure out that you can do this from it, um, and you know there's no 
technical reason not to leave it there. No, no, um, uh, no layout reason because that space is empty when the disclosure triangle isn't there. Uh, so yeah, again, they, they, you know, in this case, it's hard to argue completely against it because they did save some space. I think that is important. But again, that little disclosure triangle would have been really nice if I could have found that like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it actually reminds me of uh, something they did in Xcode 3. Uh, 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 the decree came down during Xcode 3 development that we needed to trim our main menu bar menu content. Now, do you remember when Xcode 3 came out, there was some grumbling because people said, well, all the menu items I use in the top level menus are, are gone. Or they're 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 in alternate modes or something. And people say, you know, it's a lot harder to get the things. You have to navigate down a couple v, a couple uh, levels or whatever else. And that was strictly because we were told, you know, too many notes, right? Too many too many items in your menu. Mm. And you know, I think it's a it's a it's a misreading of developer tool necessity as we've gone over many times before. Because the fact is you you don't need to worry about developers like like you might with regular users getting scared about there being too many menus. You know, they can deal with it and they want things to be available, the things they use every day. And so, you know, it seems that it's another sort of evidence of that philosophy clashing with what developers really need. Okay, so we talked about the comparison view. So let's... Um, Let's talk about the most interesting thing about the comparison view, as far as I'm concerned, about Xcode 5, which is, um, well, if you go into Xcode Preferences in Xcode 5, you'll find an entry that wasn't there before, and that's the source control preference pane. And uh, and there's a couple of good things in there. You can turn source control on and off. Now, remember, I, th- you know, I don't remember if I talked to you about this online or not, uh, on the air or not, but in Xcode 4, because they took out all the source control stuff that was there before. Source control was always on. And so Xcode was always attempting to use source control functionality for projects that were in source control directories, whether you wanted it to or not. And the only way to turn that off was to actually somehow disable or turn off. Like I, I would need to like do that dot git folder. Mm-hmm. I needed to call that something else for Xcode to, to shut up about it. And the reason I wanted to shut Xcode up about it was because if you have files that are ignored in your Git repository and you tried to rename them within Xcode, Xcode would just merely try to change it in your SEM system. Mm. And you get an error because you can't change them in your SEM system because they're ignored. Mm. And you know the way that I would normally want to get around that is, oh, okay, turn off SEM, change it, turn SEM back on. And I couldn't mm-hmm. because they didn't have that available. Now it's available again. Gotcha. And so, you know, that's good. Uh, let's see. Um, and the same thing for, you know, you say, okay, well, they added that back in. Great. They also added back in a, a top-level source control menu. Oh, yeah. What do you know? That was, <laughs> that was there in Xcode 3, and they removed it in Xcode 4, and they added it back in in Xcode 5. Now, okay, you get some credit for adding it back in, <laughs> but you don't get full credit. <laughs> Because if you were being smart, you wouldn't have removed it in Xcode 4. You wouldn't have made our lives harder for that whole life cycle of that version of it. <laughs> and, uh, okay. So, and I don't, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but there have been some personnel changes in developer tools. And am I sure that it's because of these personnel changes that, that we're getting, you know, we're getting things back in Xcode that they decided to remove. No, I'm not sure, but, but, 
but I, I think it might be. And if that's true, if that's true that the, the personal changes are the result, are, are the reason why things are getting better, things are going back more towards developer-oriented developer tools, which, you know, you would think would be the default, right? Mm-hmm. Then I think we've got a, a future of these sorts of changes coming and, and, and being uh, positive changes, changes that I would like, um, um, you know, in our future, which makes me happy. I, I you know, I, I use that word reservedly. I know, you know, we don't want to get people too too concerned about my, my mental health. <laughs> but but it is, you know, I, I'm really I'm really looking forward to that. So now people the, are should be concerned about your mental health because you're too happy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's why I make sure that the direction well, you know, they, where the wind may, is maybe they wouldn't want me to, to to No, I got nothing. Anyway, so now of course many of the decisions, the architectural decisions, the big decisions about Xcode, you know, you can't necessarily change on a dime and make Xcode not uh, uh, you know, a single window, a single window application. You can't change the fact that they crammed way too much stuff into the navigation uh, uh, pane, but you can, you know, make these these changes sort of at the edges or in individual components to make things better. And we're going to definitely going to see a lot more of those in the future. So again, it's too bad that this couldn't have happened for Xcode four. I mean, Xcode four, uh, the uh, you know, a really great developer centric design, but uh, I will take what I can get. So. One of the biggest things, and the things that I, I get the most uh, surprise and joy from when I point it out to people, is another thing in that source control preferences pane, which is uh, a setting for comparison view, show local revision on the left or right side. Mm-hmm. And people just go gaga when they, <laughs> when they see this. Um, because, oh my God, we've been, we've been dealing with the fact that the local side is on the left, unlike every other comparison view ever in the universe, for two revisions of Xcode now, two major revisions of Xcode. And of course, you know, Xcode 4, you know, saying it's just one major revision is, is really right. know, like Xcode 4 or 0, 4 1, 4 2. These were all major, major uh, setups. It's been years, it's been years since they made that change. And they, they just really, really, it was just wrong. It was stupid. It was bad. It was incomprehensible. <sighs> So this is actually new to me because I don't use Xcode's SEM support at all. And I'm number one, I'm stoked I can to- turn it off altogether. But I <laughs> but I I can totally see, you know, I'm basically coming into this cold. This is the first time I even knew there was a controversy. And uh I couldn't I can see why they'd want to put like your local revision on the left, because that's kind of fits with the assistant type of idea. Right? Yeah. But yeah, but from an English speaking left to right re- reader. Um, you know, we think of timelines as also going from left to right. So I can totally also argue the other side. So I, li- I like the yeah. punt on here. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the idea being that, you know, now you have to get your brain into a mode to see it differently in Xcode than every other tool mm-hmm. using it. And those other tools don't have that preference because none of them are, none <laughs> right. of them think this is even an option. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Um, so I'm glad that that's back. And again, I think, you know, they couldn't just switch it back. <laughs> they had to give you an option because well, I don't know. Maybe I'm you know, projecting or, or making making shit up. But you know, like and you saw this with other things too. Like well, the um, this is this is going to seem like a, a random example, but like the uh, uh, translucence in the menu bar. Mm. Remember that? Yeah, that was just introduced, and and there was actually there were actually quite a few people internally who said no, that's stupid, and they did it anyway. Because they never listen, mm-hmm. and and you know, in the next like dot release of, of OS ten, there was a little option: turn it back off. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. So that's what they do when they make really stupid decisions like that at the high levels. You know, the most you're ever going to get back out of it is, oh, okay, we'll make it a preference. And of course, Apple hates preferences. Right, right. So, so you, you have know, to understand the depth of the fighting there. If they, if a preference shows up that's for these seemingly arbitrary things, you know that there's been a fierce firefight. Well, you you know that someone has had their head meet reality. <laughs> that's an even so, better way than I put it. Great. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to skip over a couple more things in that document uh, for the for the sake of time. Um, so you know, again, go read it yourself. It's it's nice. Uh, the next thing I'm going to look at is the is the accounts section. Um, and again, there's an accounts pane in in preferences. Uh, and this attempts to sort of pull more things together as far as all those things you have to set up for like App Store capabilities for your for your application. So uh, the account says, "What can my um, what can I allow for things?" Um, and uh, you know, for for example, under the accounts, there's a in preferences, there's a little column for iOS and a column for Mac. And you can view the details, and it shows you your provisioning profiles and other stuff. And then you can use this in um, in the uh, UI for your project to to turn all this. I, I'm being very vague about it because I actually haven't used it yet myself. Um, but uh, I do like that, um, you know, considering that the very first versions of Xcode that, that supported iOS were really crappy about. Uh, dealing with this stuff, and they're still not very good about dealing with this stuff. I mean, with the Xcode 4 uh, functionality that I've been using, it can be really frustrating. And uh, so while I haven't actually used it, I, I really do like that they have gradually been improving it, and they've been improving it all along through the 4, uh, 4.x cycle. But one thing you'll notice, so I don't have that much to say about it, maybe I will in the future, and I hope to be pleasantly surprised by it. But one thing you'll notice is that they've they they moved the list of repositories that normally would be in the organizer in Xcode 4 into preferences here. Yeah. And I'm not entirely sure why. I don't get it either. Um, I mean, it looks like you, you know, before in the Xcode 4 organizer, you had both the ability to set up a, a repository and the contents of the repository in the same sort of uh, section. Um, whereas here, you've now separated that out. So there's now, uh, you can set up the, the, the details of it in preferences, but then you have to go to this other, you have to go to the source control uh, menu to find the contents of the repository you've just set up. And one of the downsides of this is um, in the organizer in Xcode 4, that window is resizable in its width. Mm-hmm. In preferences, in the preferences window, you can only make it so wide. Now you can make it taller, mm-hmm. which I suppose is good, but if you've got a long uh, uh, address, for your uh, yeah for your yeah. for your repository you can't see it in the main window now you can hold a, your your cursor over it and you'll see a tooltip but you know if you have to look at a tooltip you know your UI has failed as far <laughs> as I'm concerned now of course they could have finished this they could have made this better by just allowing you to make the preferences window wider um, and they actually did capitulate on that like you may remember that the uh, the left, excuse me, the right-hand view, the utilities pane in Xcode 5, excuse me, Xcode 4, used to not be resizable. You could only make it a certain width, and then you couldn't make it any wider than that. And somewhere along the line in Xcode 4, they did make that so that you could make it as wide as you want, and that was great. Now, if they could just capitulate on the, on the, 
the preferences window too. That would be that would be even better. So so okay, that might be a little bit of a of a step back. Um, but I do appreciate them attempting to clean out all the miscellaneous crap from the organizer. I do applaud that. Uh, so you know, mm-hmm. one step forward, one step back. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about is testing. Um, I really like the testing functionality in Xcode 5. If you haven't tried it out, it's really nice. Now, you can run tests if you go to the product menu and just, you know, I think it's run test. What is it called? Test. No, it's just called test. Yeah. Uh, command U. I've gotten quite used to running it. Runs your unit tests. But in Xcode 4, you had to go to the log navigator to see the results and it was kind of hard to read and blah 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 um and in xcode 5 they're they're really more of a, of a first class citizen there is they have added a they have added a navigator mm-hmm. for testing it's called the test navigator and it's got this weird diamond mm-hmm. thing which i don't With know a minus sign yeah minus sign in it whatever that means but it's nice because you know you look at it and now you see let me open nope um now you see sort of a more dedicated list, a more uh, uh, specific list of tests and, the, and sort of the compilation units that those tests are in. And if you run your tests, um, there'll be little green check boxes next to all of them or a little red, whatever, if they fail. But the, you, know, you could say, okay, well, that's not that different than what you see in the log navigator. But now if you, if you hover over those um, check boxes to the right, now they become a play button. And actually, you can do that for the compilation as well. So you can replay one unit test uh-huh. uh, separate from all the others, which is so great. Like you really, yeah. you know, you couldn't do that before. You can replay the tests for one compilation unit mm-hmm. apart from everything else. So again, very nice. Um, I don't know just, it's very nice. Now, what's interesting about this is another thing that's interesting about this is that they have introduced a new framework, the XC test framework for Xcode five. And they say, well, this is the framework that, that you'll be using by default when you create a new project. There is a uh, an option. Is it under edit? It's under the refactor uh, submenu under the edit menu to convert to XC test. And uh, I've used that on a fairly simple project that seems to work pretty well. I'm not sure it covers everything, but it, you know, it, it, it helps quite a bit. But the thing is, <laughs> XC test, once you convert to it, mm-hmm. you don't get anything for it. Like actually, these you, you might have thought. Well, okay, you need to convert to XC test in order to get the the, the new shiny UI. Mm-hmm. Nope. Yeah. Oh. Oh, one still works. There is there is no reason to upgrade right now to it. You don't get any new features. You don't get anything. Hmm. So it's it's interesting. Like, why do they do that? They almost never do that. They you know yeah here's a new thing. It doesn't do anything. And it reminds me of um like the the Touch ID. Right, where people have been saying about the new Touch ID feature in the iPhone 5S that, well, you know, that's all it does. You know, it doesn't integrate into the OS. It doesn't give you all these extra new things. It just lets you, what, uh, sign into your device and then do purchases. And so people have, have speculated that that's because they're going to be adding more features in the future. They didn't get to everything they wanted to get to. And that's totally how Apple works. They, they ship something new that has, like, one good talking point. Mm-hmm. But it's the it's it's the beginning of the infrastructure for for other great things as they come along, and here they just forgot the the new thing. <laughs> and I, you know, just rack my brains. Why would you need that? Why can't you wait to introduce it next time around? No clue. Well, th- there was also a change in tone in terms of how ex- how Apple talked about 
the XE test framework in terms of like, this is our first cut and feedback welcome type stuff. I mean, yeah. they never do that. They, yeah, it's, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I welcome that. I mean, it was, a, like I said, change of tone as a welcome tone. It's yeah. one that kind of from, from the humility standpoint, especially with Apple's long track record with really poor unit testing support. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I mean, but it's it's one of those things, you know, like I was saying, well, you know, maybe you should be concerned about my mental health if I'm too happy. You know, <laughs> should we be concerned about, can can we cut that maybe in post? Um, maybe we should be, you know, are they feeling all right? You know, do they need, do they need a vacation? Um, uh, okay. Uh, I could go on about that, but I shouldn't, so let's move on. Um, debugger. Um, you see the new gauges in the debugger you on? Uh, you know, I saw it on the... Um on the uh, dub dub videos, but I haven't actually used it in in yeah. uh, Angry yet. I mean, they, <laughs> I mean, they look really nice. Um, and one of the things they say in the in the document is, debug gauges serve as a gateway to instruments. You can open instruments templates direct from the debug gauge detail display. So I guess it means you know, you know, they're trying to maybe tie things a little a little closer into the instruments. What I wonder is if this is the first foray into uh, assimilating instruments into Xcode. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, instruments is this giant application, and the UI is, is huge. IB was huge, yeah. And, and yeah, right? Well, they could do it. They could do it. So is this, you know, the beginnings of it? And I know a lot of people would complain about it because it would make Xcode, you know, bigger and more complicated and harder to use. Um, on the other hand, you know, some amount of integration um, would be helpful as, as the integration with Interface Builder was also helpful. Well, so long so, as they go through the menus and make sure no menu has more than eight items. I think. <laughs> yes. Oh God, yes. No, that's going to be a problem. <sighs> okay, but yeah, that, that's my thought about that. Uh, the next section, or one of the next sections, was about the compiler. Um, have you used modules in Anger? Yeah. I have not. Yeah, uh, I have not either. Um, uh, uh, now, John Syracuse has talked on various podcasts for years about the need for Apple to come up with a more modern language. Mm-hmm. One that is not held back by the baggage of C, and and you know we've talked before about how Apple seems to be you know getting towards it, but never quite cutting the cord. Like even things like Arc are an attempt to make things more uh, more seamless for developers without actually getting rid of the the baggage. And it seems like they're kind of doing some of that here. Like like they're not. Like you still need to have a link phase, um, right? But they're going to take care of more of it for you now through modules and, and auto linking. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I, I welcome it. I haven't used it yet. We'll, we'll see how it works in practice. But um, I, I, I think I yeah. think we even addressed it in a previous show that the uh, maybe not. Uh, but um, the big disappointment for for me is that it's a Apple frameworks only thing versus ah, right. something that third party developers can use. Yep. Yeah, and, and again, it's sort of a baby step. Yeah. As I you, wouldn't be surprised yeah. if, you know, Xcode 5.5, maybe then they roll out that we mere outside Apple developers could actually use this new fancy language feature. Yeah. Um, okay, and then in terms of compiler stuff, if you look at the compiler, if you look at the UI for projects and, and targets, you'll see that they, they really changed how it looks. Without really yeah. changing how it acts. Now, right. I really liked the project and target editors in Xcode 4. 
And I remember before they were crammed into these tiny little info windows in Xcode 3 and earlier. Mm-hmm. And so now, you know, they're kind of expanded. They take up most of the window. They've got, you know, pride of place as an editor rather than just a little info thing. Uh, and I also liked how they were designed. I mean, I, I liked a lot of things about how Xcode 4 looked. Um, and there were a lot of gradients. It was very easy to see what was going on. It was kind of the Martha Stewart of project editors. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I really kind of liked it. Now, well, how, wait a minute. You have to, wait, wait. Martha Stewart of project editors? I, you need to back up and well, tell us the, what you mean Martha by that. Martha Stewart, you know, kind of designed. Almost like organized type thing? Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Kind of some pastels. And other, yeah. Anyway, I liked it. And I, I, I thought it was pretty well done too. Considering the 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 things with the uh, considering the problem domain, I thought it was pretty well designed. Right, because it was it's because they couldn't in Xcode for they didn't solve any of the issues with targets and projects and multiple levels and supersession mm-hmm. and all this other crap. Um, but they did make it kind of as easy to understand as they could. I, I just especially the resolved column. It was yeah, very. Oh yeah. This is actually what's going to the bits hit the platter. This is what's going to happen. That will always cut down on the noise of the rest of the information. So what they did in Xcode 5 was they kept all of that, but they just took out most of the lines. <laughs> yes. And they took out most of the, you know, again, the gradients and most of the, the, mm-hmm. the, the outlines and the button shapes and everything that made it easy to read, they took out. Right. And I think this is a, a good indictment against the iOS 7-style design, yeah. where those, those gradients that seemed pretty heavy and all that actually helped delineate information chunks. Yeah. And this is, this, you're in loss in a sea of white. Title. Yeah. Um, Okay. So uh, the next one is documentation, but you know what? I think I'm just going to, I'm going to move ahead to my final topic, which you can probably tell I'm rushing a little bit. That's because I want to talk about the last one for a while, which is auto layout. Mm. Now we've talked about auto layout in depth in two episodes already. Uh, uh, Episode 47. That was me. And that was actually me or that wolf. I know. If it's odd, it should be me. Uh, Right, in more ways than one. Um, 46 was Rectangles on a String. That was me. And Swinging Rex Around was episode 47. That was Wolf. Um, and there's also, um, I'm taking a lot of my content because I actually didn't have a lot of time to do this, uh, to test it out, from the uh, Taking Control of Auto Layout in Xcode 5 uh, session from uh, WWC 2013, uh, session 406. And we'll put a link to it in the in the show notes. And as always, because they haven't, uh, uh, separated out the 2013 links from all the other links. This will be a link to you know the current WWDC, so it's going to break next year. Sorry, um, but there's some really good stuff in this, and I've just been dying to talk about it for a long time. So this is good because like I actually haven't touched it at all because I have right. I gave up on Auto Layout inside Interface Builder in Xcode four, right. and so I've just been chugging around chugging along with my uh, code that's been doing all the auto layout stuff, which has its, you know, its upsides and its downsides. And so this is going to be an interesting topic. It does. It does. Um, now, what Apple said was that the, 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 they wanted you to prefer, to, to, to do it in these, prefer um, the ways to do things in, these, in, the, in this order, which was uh, IB first, and then the visual language, and then using individual calls. Apple says a lot of things. Apple says a lot of things. Well, and of course, it, it was frustrating because the reasons they gave for using IB were good reasons. Like, okay, use yeah. use a, a visual tool because it's going to give you, you know, it's going to make things, it, it should make things the easiest that it can be. But the problem was, of course, as we know, was that what they required was that your UI have all of its constraints be absolutely resolved and, and, and all in agreement at all times. Right. which did not allow you to set up complex 
uh, constraints, complex uh, interactions between constraints, one piece at a time, and then you know, and then be done, and and have it all have it all match when it's done. No, you had to do it each each turn, and that just really, really screwed it up because they would keep adding constraints that you didn't want as you were trying to get your work done. And I remember one colleague telling me that he had managed to sort of bang Xcode into into a, a submission. Um, and he'd made a more complex uh, zib with auto layout. And, you know, he, he admitted that now he didn't want to touch it again. Because, <laughs> you know, the minute he moved something around, Xcode would, would screw with the constraints again. And that's the opposite of maintainable, mm-hmm. right? And, and instead of helping you, now you've made it like, you know, you have a bomb. You have checked in a bomb <laughs> into your project. Title. Um, so what Xcode 5 did was it said, okay, we're not going to do that anymore. We're not going to enforce immediate constraint viability at every step of the way. Instead, and, and, and they did more than that. They, they did it even better than that because even just turning that off would have been 100% better. But what they said was, well, you know, Xcode can help you more than that. So when there's a, a, a conflict between where things are at the moment and what constraints you've already specified, we'll tell you. And they tell you by giving you this little, there's like an orange uh, arrow mm-hmm. from your little document uh, uh, outline in ID, or it's a red arrow if there are, if there are errors. And you click the arrow, and <laughs> and it's really funny because again, it's very iOS like that the 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 document outline slides off to the left, you know, kind of off screen, even though it's not the edge of the window, mm-hmm. and the, the 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 list of errors or warnings slides in. It's Again, it's very iOS-like. And, and then you get to see a list of, of, of the errors. And in this list, there are uh, there's a little info uh, circle that you have to hover over to make it show up, of course, because that's all over the place in Xcode 5 now, even though they could have just left it there, of course. But you click that info thing, and it actually gives you like a little help pop-up, which says, you know, here's, here's how you can fix this problem. Mm. And if you click... Um, and they're little, the little, uh, icons to the right hand side of each entry. And there's, you know, an orange one for a warning and a red one for an error. And if you click them, another little pop-up comes up, which says, here are the ways we can help you fix this. And, uh, one of the options is, well, you know, do you want to move the view so that it's in the right place for the constraints you've given? Great. Maybe I could do that. Do you want to change your constraints to match where you've moved it to? Okay. I could do that. And then the third one is, um, there's this thing where like reset to suggested constraints, as well. And then there's a little checkbox underneath that which says apply this to everything in the container view. Ah. Uh, you know, you're making making my uh my heart go a little pitter patter there because <laughs> you know, this is exactly what I want. I want all these options. And I want to not have to do that for each thing. You know, if I have five errors, you know, the usual problem with UI is that if there are five errors you know, if you did it through through the, the command line, that would give you the option of, of you know doing everything at once in some sort of batch operation. But normally in UI, which is not very well thought out, you have to do it one by one, and so you 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 gain the ability to have things you know look nicer and 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 have all your options spelled out for you. But then you lose in not being able to do everything at once. And here, you know, they've shown that you can have your cake and eat it too. You can you can batch things up, but still have. Um, the UI there. And, and again, the, the little UI thing, excuse me, the little uh, info thing, 
that's what I want. Like, like so many of the pieces of UI in, in Xcode for new features, they're so concerned about not cluttering things up that they don't give you the help that they could give you. And, you know, they're not... I'm not even sure quite how to say it. Um, you know, because you need help. Like, like auto layout is new enough that that if they can give you help, they should. But it seems like they've always been so worried about, oh, oh, that wouldn't that would make it too cluttered or anything else. And so, as far as I'm concerned, they made the right decision here to add a little bit of clutter um, for the sake of of helping you out because they can help you out because you know all that all that text that they you know they probably put somewhere in a document anyway. Putting that in the UI just is really, really helpful. So, okay, uh, let me get back to my notes because I've, I've outstripped some things. Um, oh, and another funny thing about that, that, that transition thing where, okay, we're going to slide in the, the error mode is then you look at the top of that, that error or that, uh, that list of, of problems view, and it's got a little back arrow. Which again is very iOS seven, like it's you know it's it's the thin mm-hmm. arrow and it's got the name of the thing. Yeah. Like you you know you you made a little phone in the middle of my Xcode, right? And it, and it makes sense because what's it makes sense to a certain degree because um, you got so little space. You know they've given right. themselves so little space because it's not its own window; it's part of a bigger window. So you've got only this little tiny bit of space to deal with. But of course, also they just did it because ooh iOS seven cool. <laughs> um. And another thing is, okay, so we've got the errors listed in this little pane, and you can go back and forth between the error pane and your in your document uh, list. But there's also visual guides, like there are little orange guidelines and little orange uh, tabs in there that say that also give you that same information about the problem. And again, it's so good because they can do it and they have that information. Why not show it to me? So I've just been very, very, very pleased with that. Um, just very pleased with. Now, there's other stuff as well. There's um, there's kind of this this uh, little button palette at the bottom of your zib or your storyboard, which gives you even more capabilities for like setting constraints, uh, uh setting I think a bunch of aspects of constraints all at once. Um, yeah, it's just, and there's this other you know, part of that um uh, button palette. There's a whole bunch of other options. There's like a clear constraints menu item. There's add missing constraints. There's update all frames and view controller. And there's even more than that. I mean, I don't want to go through all of it, but you know, they just like all of that complexity that they, they, they tried to get away from in Xcode four and that they try to get away from in a lot of different aspects of Xcode. They have just thrown it all back in here and they, they, but it still looks nice. Like it isn't, it doesn't feel that cluttered. I mean, it feels a little cluttered and it feels elegant and it's, you know, this is just, you know, God, just do the whole of Xcode this way. And I would be so much happier. Yeah, I really like, the, I agree with you. The disclosure of the errors type stuff, auto layout, uh, well, I guess warnings, really. Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. And, you know, they did all this without introducing any sort of modal... Uh, 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 um, yeah, yeah, good point. Um, like a wizard mode. There's no yeah. wizard mode. Now... All the information from a wizard is here, and it kind of is this quasi wizard mode because you know they're in this mode of like, here we're going to give you, you know, uh, uh, guides in there. Yeah, that, that you might especially the pop up with the radio button saying, "What do you want to do?" But, yeah, that strikes me kind of wizardy, but is pretty anti modes. But it, it stays out of your way. Like you can yeah. actually, you know, change everything you want to change, 
and just ignore all the errors and warnings, ignore all the help that they're going to give you. It mm-hmm. just it just stays. It, it lets you get to the help very easily. Again, it's in this button palette. It's in this. You know, it's right there in the in the in the document view, uh, document whatever outline they call it. But it also it stays out of your way. I just uh, you know you could just call this whole episode like slobbering over <laughs> Xcode five auto layout, and you know it'd be done. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what, well, it sorry. sounds like it's actually not even so much like the auto layout. It's just the way that they decoupled the problems of auto. Like the first cut at, at auto layout on Xcode four had all these problems where they're you know making sure the constraints match all the time. But this is more of uh, letting you make the mistakes as you know quote unquote mistakes as you make them and giving the de- developer power and kind of deferring to the user while providing them guidance as they need it, but in a synchronous manner. So this is actually more uh, you're slobbering over. Software working with the human, and yeah. it is it is a unique user interface. That I think is very effective, and well, right, yeah, I think yeah. just lop over it. You know, they didn't say, "Well, we're going to match iTunes or we're going to match something." Right. Else. You know, they really right. had to come up with their own thing. Yeah, yeah. The entire like ripping off iTunes thing was just like, "Oh, really?" So this is the current fashion, but this is unique and it's powerful and it's really great design. Um, it's funny in the session um, in the demo when. Uh, uh, I'm not sure I've mentioned his name before, but Kevin Cathy gave a great demo last year for uh, uh, Interface Builder as well, sort of, you know, putting as much lipstick on the pig as, as he could. <laughs> he did really well. Um, but this time around, when he demonstrated that you uh, you can arbitrarily, arbitrarily delete a constraint, the audience applauded. <laughs> Which I think is, you know, uh, okay, it, you know, it's too bad that we're so beaten down that we can applaud <laughs> over something that we should never have had to have a, have a, a concern about. But uh, But there you go. Um, one thing that's missing, and I found this out from some, some of my um, uh, Black Pixel colleagues, is um, the multiplier constraint is not available. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, that's like, a, you know, you want it to be a certain percentage from something else. Uh, and that's, and it's, it's unfortunate because if they had included that, if they included all the major stuff, then there would be no question to just always use Interface Builder now. But now if you can't do the multiplier and you need it, well, then you've got to go to code. For this, so that's unfortunate. Well, I still the, don't know if you'd always use Interface Builder. If you have a <laughs> no, <laughs> a good example of uh, just like tweets that have like different information in them. Like it, some tweets have geographic information, some of them have retweet information, that type of stuff. Those type of layouts that are complicated or God help you if you want to do an animated layout where you have transitions from that's one yeah. type of main view to another view depending on application state. That's where Xcode's kind of staticky kind of layout, yeah. as nice as it is, is especially in Xcode 5, or I guess starting with Xcode 5, um, it, it just falls down and that's where you got to keep the code. Sure. sure. And, and you know, it's funny because I'm the one talking about this, but you're the one who's actually used uh, auto layout in, in, in applications. Right. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll defer to you about that. Um, but I hope to use it more. Like, you know, I, you know, I will definitely be recommending to people. That yeah, at this it point, it's, it seems like Xcode 5 has gotten to a point where you can use auto layout effectively, even for the, instead of the string and struts thing, even for simple layout, just because Xcode right. 4 won't be fighting you so much. Yep. yep, yep. All right, so that's, that's all I've got. Do you have any, uh, anything on your end? You know, I, when I upgraded to Xcode 5, it was one, very much one of these things where I am deep in a project and it's like, okay, let's see if this is, you know, I have my super duper backup. Let's see how badly Apple's going to screw me. And um, I played with the betas here and there on separate uh, machines. But um, 
I pretty much was able to upgrade episode 5 and just keep going without paying too much attention to the new stuff. And so I consider that a win that it didn't actually actively break all my existing projects, at least not that not the projects I've since opened and actually tried to run and stuff like that. So, and this was actually very insightful. I was glad that you could kind of walk through this and kind of give me a tour of this application that I've been using for a little while now. <laughs> yeah, right. I haven't had actually time to delve into. Right, right. Well, that makes sense. Um, uh, there are some issues with it upgrading um, zibs and storyboards. You got to make oh, yeah. sure that they don't do that. But I do believe they warn you about that. You know, they'll they'll you you can. You cannot do that, and and you don't. It can still be openable in old versions of Xcode, so that's good too. Yeah, that's the one of the, the benefits for using external source code control system. I'm a fan of GitX. I know you're a source tree guy, and uh, this this not trusting Xcode and before the commit, and I don't let it commit anything. I make sure I review everything it's going to do, <laughs> right. and so when it this ups and touches a zip or random files like. Um, I'm always aware of what bits it's modifying, so I can decide whether or not it's just being stupid, and I should revert the commit. Yep. Yeah. Okay. To see the show notes for this episode, go to edgecasesshow.com, all one word, slash 64, and we'll see you next time.